Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we are talking with Daniel Hacking. Daniel is the owner, operator, head honcho at Advanced Tyres and Auto in Sydney and Fuliana is going to introduce him. Daniel, thank you very much for agreeing to be a guest on our show. I really like the idea of what you've done and sharing this with, with others will be very, very helpful. For our listeners, Daniel's business, is in, as you may very well be aware, is operating in a highly competitive retail and wholesale environment. What Daniel is known for is his ability to provide extremely high level of customer service meeting the and even exceeding uh, customer needs and making sure that all the products and services are of the highest quality, securing the best prices so he can provide good prices for his clients. He does that with a team of about 10, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, and, and those, they work really, really well together. We're going to cover a fair bit about how that goes in, in a minute, but basically the, the team culture, the performance, and the feedback from the clients is very impressive. It's actually led to Daniel and his team receiving a number of industry awards as well. So again, thank you, Daniel. Thanks for having us. Let, let's talk about your team, since we're talking about that now. How do you go about that, you know, if you can give us an idea of the demographic, the age, the, how do you we, select them? We, we'll just have a break for a minute because we're all laughing because the phone's ringing yet again. We've been trying to get this started for about an hour, so we'll let Daniel go and take care of that. And that gives you an indication of actually how busy the, the business is. We, we came at the end of the working, or what we, we all thought was the end of the working day, and it just seems to have lingered on, lingered on. And that may, if, before we go on to the team stuff, I think that that's an interesting concept for us to actually talk about is that how do you draw the line? How do you say this is the end of the day and stop? Is that a question for me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear what the answer is. Yes. Look, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, what the family would say, and what I would say would be different there, but there really is no end to the day, you know. Mm -hmm. There is no beginning, you know, it just you yeah. finish when the work is finished and yeah. you start whenever you think you, you need to get a start. We need to come in early, we come in early. It's just how it's done. How do you maintain then your passion for what you're doing? Because that must be trying. I'm, I, you know, if we, if we put the family aside and just look at you and the business and the responsibilities that you carry, how do you maintain a level of interest in the business continuously? That's, that's a good question. I've never really thought about it in that sense. I think, I think you know, you have to you have to be driven to go in, but I think you keep raising the, the bar as, as how high you want your business to be or what it is that you're trying to achieve. I think, you know, you, you set a set of goals and then if you reach them, then you you find you've moved them without realising you've moved them. So mm. you're pushing, you're doing all day at, at, at the shop and, then, you know, like it's hard to explain over the over a, a conversation like this unless you're there, but it's, you know, it can be like a war zone during the day here, but it becomes out of necessity. You know, Peter Brock said it best, you know, if you 
you bite off more than you can chew and then chew like hell. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> That's good. But you, you obviously like the environment in which you work, not just the, the hassle of it, but the, the vehicles themselves, making sure that everything is done right. And I'm looking around as I'm talking and there's pictures everywhere of you, Daniel, participating in industry days and stuff like that. So you obviously got that passion as well as the business passion. I think with any industry, if, if the people that go into it have to be passionate about whatever mm -hmm. that is. So, you know, for us, we're car people, so anything to do with the cars, we, yeah. we, we have, we, we're passionate there. So, the, you know, all that stuff that we, we do around work and, and that was, is all a byproduct of, of having a busy shop. You get into this event day or something like that, it's, it's all because we're already there. You know, yeah. it's not something, you don't go in it to do those things, they're just, they just sort of fall into your lap along the way. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, you just sort of get, you get swept up with them. You know, you, you know, it wouldn't matter what it was to do with cars, we would be interested, you know, it doesn't yes. have to be our particular like of it. We'd, we'd still go, we'd still want to participate, we'd still want to see what it's all about, you know. It's, yeah. That's the, yeah, not just myself, but most of the guys that, that are here with us. And, and do you do time. that because of the technology of the cars or the, like, not technology in terms of, of computers, but, but the, the advances in the cars, the changes in the cars, the changes to the way they race or they look, or, or is it just something that is about, I just want to be around cars? I think, I think, it's, I think it's the latter. I think it's definitely, you know, like we could, we could say, yes, we're, you know, we're tell our wives we're going there for because we want to learn, but we don't. We just want to hang out with cars and other car people. You don't get tired of it. There isn't a point where you say, "Oh no, I'm not going to do that." Well, look, look, there is. I mean, you, know, you still take time to do to do other things, you yeah. know. And then yeah. you know, you, it's it's like any anything that someone's interested in, they, it'll it'll come back. You, you know, yeah. yeah. You might you might have a, a, a month off from doing any, any out of work things, and then you, you know you get bored and you go to a car show or you go to a yeah. go to a race day or something, you know. We'll edit that bit out so Josephine doesn't hear that. Because I don't think she believes she'd have a month off, anything to do with cars. <laughs> that being said, though, we might go back to the question about the teams because I'm really yes. interested in hearing about the team that you've... And you've had teams around you for some considerable time. You've been a business owner for a long time now. How, how long, roughly? So 2005. So that's a long it's a time, time yes. which uh, for our listeners means that he was a young, young man yeah. when he first bought a business. And that yeah. meant, I know from knowing him, that a lot of the staff that he inherited when he bought the business were older than him. All of them? All mm -hmm. of them older than yeah, him? Yeah, probably all of them are probably one or two, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. But we are a small team then. We were, I think, you know, three people um, plus myself, so four in the shop. Right. We now have ten. Times were, 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 were different then, and how business was done then, and the sort of business we were doing was different then. I guess it goes back to necessity. The necessity that, that we, we there was no choice whether it's, whether or not you were gonna you're gonna turn up to work or whether you're gonna have to push hard. You have to. You know, you had yeah. you know, your whole life on the line. So there was no, you know, there was never any any doubt that you were gonna have to. You know, we were under no illusions that we we're gonna have to work hard. But I mean, yeah. our industry is, is known for, for that. There's no. Mm -hmm. There's no desk job. But I know that in those early years, you know, you had an inherited team that was working for you. They were a team who had experienced you in a different role previous to you owning the business. 
and so there was adjustments that had to be made yeah, all across was, the board. That was that was true. I mean, and, and we went from two of the guys that I inherited were people I'd worked with for years, um, oh. and we were friends. So yep. you know, we were workmates, yes. and then we had to we had to go from from separating from being someone's friend to being their boss, but still being their friend. Yeah. And it has its challenges. Yeah. You know, um, because you know you. There's all sorts of anyone who's employed someone knows that there's, it's very hard. It's a very hard thing. You know, you want to have compassion and stuff, but then you don't want to get walked over either. So mm-hmm. it's, you have to set you know boundaries and stuff. And I mean, I was lucky that the people I inherited with the with the business were good people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether it's something that all industries face, but we we are facing a massive skill shortage in our industry. Anything service automotive related. Talk to anyone who's in that field will tell you that there's, you know, it's probably a, a 50% shortage of stuff. There's not a shop you'll walk into that's not looking for something. So, so in that sense, because I was thinking about it on the way here, do you, you would know who's working where? Do you headhunt? We, we have in the past and we, we do. It's not the easiest thing to do because you'll end up overpaying and you'll have, you'll bring in someone with the wrong, mm. the wrong attitude. So you, you can only headhunt the right person. Yeah. You know, we learned over the years it was much better for someone to come to you yes. because you can set the right boundary, you can set the right attitude for that person. Yeah. Coming in, if you, you know, when you headhunt someone, unless that person has the, the right inbuilt qualities, it goes to their head very quickly. Do you give them time to work before you make the decision? Do you give them time to, to be no, around? We, you know, we've tried all sorts of things over the years because, you know, we, our industry has a high turnover. Yeah. because we have a lot of young people you know like a lot of the, a lot of the junior people are, are only in it for a few years at a time they'll try especially you know tire related stuff so you know you've got tire fitters and delivery drivers and stuff like that they don't they don't often a, it's not often a permanent career because it's a dirty job but it's hot it's, it's, it's a hard, hot it's a hot hard job work. it's hard on your body yeah. it's long hours and you know compared to other things it's low pay you know even though you'll find most city shops are the major yeah, Melbourne, Sydney, all the big areas will be paying a lot more, especially in the in the in the, the busier metro parts. Will be paying a lot more for their guys than than some of the regional areas because you have to because mm. their cost of living is high. Yes, you know, and mm. and to get them to wherever you are is, mm. is is costing them time and money too. So you have to pay more to get people. Yeah. You know, mm. but we've tried all sorts of things over the years. So you know, we we tried stuff where you know there was pre-made interview type setting so you know mm-hmm. you have preset questions and you can yeah. adjust them and, and all sorts of things. You could also find someone who was working nearby who you had interacted with who was then come to you or you go to them. You could see someone working in another shop and think, well this guy's okay, mm-hmm. you know, he'll be fine here and, and not or, or vice versa. And we really just we get rid of all that and we just put them on and see what happens. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And it's yeah. one of those things where you don't know how they'll gel with the rest of your team, your particular yeah. shop the pressures that are here that it might be different to other shops. Yeah, yeah. And you just put them in and see how they go, you know, and that's a that's a no hard feeling sort of thing. We are open with them. So look we just don't know, you know, you come yeah. and try and we'll try and find a, a, a spot that fits you, you know, and it's I see my role and, and the role of our, our store manager here who's been with me a long time, is more like the coach of a football team. You've got to find someone's strengths and weaknesses and put them in the right position in your business, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. you know you find yeah. this guy's good at something, you give him those jobs. If he's, yeah. Bad at this, don't give him them. So you know, you just find you find a way to make them fit. You know, and, and 
there'll be something you don't like about the way everyone works and you just have to work around that and just find the spot if you have it that fits them and their personality and, and the way they are like you know you, there's no recipe or, or design for that you just it's just a trial and error thing you just try something and it doesn't work you try something else yeah. until it until it fits you know? until I'm, that person's got to be happy too what i'm hearing is that you actually tailor it to the person you so yeah you, you know using that approach by being the the coach, the captain, to help them. So to me, they come in with some sort of skills, they come and then you yeah. come. They go with a lot more when they leave. It's different. I mean, like say you know, because we have a lot of different positions in our business. We have a, a repair workshop, so mm -hmm. you know, we're repairing cars, we're servicing cars. We have you know, we're fitting tires, so we're retail fitting tires, cars. We're also wholesaling tires. So there's many. There's different, a lot of different aspects to a business. So you know, like someone who comes in as a mechanic, they've they'll they'll done an apprenticeship, so they've got a minimum of four years experience. They might have worked in a few places, and yeah. they'll find that the more someone moves around as a mechanic, they might do two years at one place, two years something else. They pick up different skills at each shop. Mm -hmm. So I've had guys over the years that have, have been with me when they were young. They've left. They've gone and worked at half a dozen other places. They've gone and maybe left the industry. They've come back, and they bring with them. I mean, a different work attitude, a whole, a whole bunch of different skills that they've picked up, and they can then add that to the skills that they have here. And we found that that's that's worked great. I mean, like, you know, we've had guys that have, have left us, have come to us fresh to the industry, you know, tie fitting here, left, come back, and come back as salespeople. And they have the the experience of working on the car and fitting the tire, and, and they know what that takes, and they know yes. they know a lot more about it than, than someone who you'll get who just does sales. Yeah. But then they've become salespeople, they become good salespeople. You get to know that whole business. Yeah, yeah. And, and understand what the clients need from start to finish. So, yeah. So, in that sense, when you're looking at the turnover, because you talked about the turnover being high in the industry, that doesn't worry you? It, it worries us a lot. I mean, you know, like the, the, biggest, the biggest problem we have in our, in our business and, and just in our, you know, anything automotive service related mm. is getting enough staff and getting good staff. It still really is a young person's job. The problem with, with, with jobs like, you know, especially if you're a, a tire fitter or, you know, if you're a stock picker or, or, or all those jobs that we have, where they're not, they're, I guess they're not the job that, that a, the, the five-year-old version of that person thought they were gonna be doing when they grew up. Yes. So it's not, it wasn't their dream job. Yeah, it's exactly. something that they've fallen into due to their circumstances. It, it has a, a stigma to it that, that it only attracts a certain a certain type of people, and it, and it also, you know, it, it, it is only a job for a young, fit person, especially in a busy shop like ours. If you have medical problems or if you aren't fit, you, you physically can't do the work. Yes. It's not something that can be tailored around you. I mean, it's it's, it's heavy, hard, mm -hmm. hot work yeah. all day. You know, dirty and dirty. It's dirty too. Yeah, you know, yes. like, you know. there's there's no way that you can physically get clean. No, yeah. no, it's it's a dirty job. You know. It's a, like, you know, it's just, there's lots of other dirty jobs, but it's just one of them, you know. And it's, you know, there, there's a, there's a lot of appeal to to a lot of young guys that, that do work. I mean, a lot of them are car guys, so they're just happy to to be, and they like working with other guys in a more relaxed yes. environment. Whereas, you know, they might not do so well in an office or something. You know, compared to other labour-intensive jobs, they do get paid well. Mm -hmm. You know, and they get guaranteed hours. You know, whereas yeah, yes. if their labour is on a job site or if they're you know they're painters or whatever, it's all weather dependent. And, you know. They don't have that problem. They know where they're going to get paid every week. They can they can support their families. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, there's sort of people that they'll they work hard and they play hard. So you know, yeah. like they 
It's just a, just the type of person that, that is attracted to the industry. You get a lot of good characters and you know, we have a lot of fun. How do you have fun? The aspects of you know the business, which is hard work and long hours. So how do you socialize? Here at the shop, what we try to do is you know, like yes, it's serious and yes, you know, we have to be professional, but we don't have to hate what we're doing. You know, I say to all the guys, I mean, like I, I you know, we'll say to them, so we look, you know, this is not your dream job, but this is what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. We, you don't have to hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, we can have fun. You know, whether it's you know just a, a bit of light horseplay when we're not busy and stuff like that, or yeah. you know we will socialise after work, we'll, you know mm -hmm. we'll do something, you know find something to, yeah. you know whether you know whether it's just going out for a night or whether it's you know we get a we get an old car and we go and race it at the at the drag or something like that. We find yeah. some way of, of all bonding good. as a team, and, and we you know it, it's um and we do it through the shop, and it, it, it keeps people motivated, and it, you know yes. it, it also it's not. You know, it's not just a nine to five. You know, just just work yes. hard, and go home. You know, sort of type of thing. You know, we, we all we all get along. We all have a bit of fun. You know? I did hear a very sad story about some offshore fishing one year. Offshore fishing. Okay. That, that, that didn't go down quite so well with the owner of the business as it did with everybody else. I haven't been on a boat since. So. I thought you were about to tell me you didn't get any fish, but everybody else did. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I would do the right thing. We all went. You know, we thought we'd get up super early and go on one of those fishing trips. Yeah. Yeah. We got some guy down at down at Manly told us, you know, he had you know, the, the picture of his boat on the brochure was not what arrived with the dock oh. for us. We're off to a fantastic start and then um <laughs> I didn't give being seasick a thought, but um I've never been that sick in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> particularly on a little boat if you're yeah. not used uh, to it. I would be. Lucky I was paying, so <laughs> I ordered him back to take me back to shore and leave me there. <laughs> take the boys out to whatever they wanted. I just wanted off that boat. <laughs> so the rest of the week the team building was picking on you, right? Yes. I mean, yeah, that was 10 years ago. They're still picking on you. <laughs> I know that when you first made the decision to buy the business, the comment from your boss at the time was that staffing would be your biggest nightmare. Mm. Has that been the case? Yeah, yeah it's, defi it's definitely the biggest challenge for, for I mean, you know, we're blessed that we have a, we have a great area and we have a great customer base, so, you know, 99% you know, of our customers are, are, are genuinely like nice people and, you know, we're in a fairly affluent area, so, you know, mm. money is not a problem around here, all sort of stuff, so, you know, that, that, that side of it is good. So, the, you know, the biggest problems we face is, is, is you know, the, I guess, the cost of real estate around here, you know, because mm. we need a lot of space. Yes. Because of, you know, where we're situated in Sydney, the... To have someone who will take the jobs that we have on offer, they've got to travel. They can't afford to live around here. You know, mm, the yes. average price around here is two million dollars. It's not many. Mm. It's not many mechanics or tire fitters yes. who, are, who, are, who are buying into these into these places. You know, what I mean? so they've they've either got you know super high rent if they've been mm -hmm. local, or you know they've got a house share and stuff like that, or they've got a truck. Mm -hmm. You know, even if they're getting paid well, and we you know yes. we we do pay well, you know, it's still their time. Yeah. Not the rest of their day. If they've got to, if they've got to leave and drive for an hour and then drive for an hour to get home, yeah. and work the eight hours during the day, it's, it's a big day. There's got to be more than just the money they're coming down for. They've got to, yes. they've got to feel like that. So, so. You, you did say that this is a, an affluent area, and so and you've got a good customer base, but you are in an area where there is a, a wealth of competitors around. Yes, yes. So, so we're probably in, this is this area is probably. You know, even though it is it is considered probably one of the more affluent areas in Sydney, it is also the cheapest place to buy tyres in Sydney. Because we have the highest level of competition. You wouldn't think so, but the level of competition, 
around here because of the amount of, of, of big pre-existing shops here. But, so that then comes down to logistics of carrying stock and yes. particularly yes. wholesaling as well. So tell us about the managing that side of the logistics because mm. you know, where we're sitting is, is a small footprint by comparison to the size of the stock that I know that you carry. Yes, I mean that's, you know, the, for me there was, I mean I've not had any formal business training or, or, any, or anything of the sort so it's just been a trial and everything so you know we would as the business grew over the years, we just kept all the money that we made over the years, we poured into, into stock, and the, and the vehicles have changed. When I first started here, you know, 20 something years ago, we didn't need to keep a lot of stock. Every year we could buy it, they are relatively stable prices. There was a much smaller footprint of vehicles, so now, you know, every vehicle, every model is different. There's so much variety, so much variety of vehicle. There's no two cars taking the same tire anymore. So not only do you have to hold a lot of stock, just, I mean, every retail shop will have the same problem. If someone rolls in, they expect to roll out in an hour. You can't have them come back the next day or have to order or this and that, you'll miss that stuff. So yeah, you have to hold a lot of stock just so that every car that drives in, it might not be the brand or, or the particular tyre they had in mind, but you can offer them something on the spot. <laughs> so our stock level is high has to be high just for that. And you know, we're in an area where there's a lot of other repairers and a lot of other car dealers. And that's, you know, there's a lot of wholesale stuff we do. And then we run a, a massive amount of stock now, 10,000 tires worth of stuff. Wow. And you keep them where? I mean, you know, we've gotten better at it over the years, but I mean, you know, each year as, as we move on, we, we find better ways to, to warehouse our stock. Mm -hmm. and, to, and we would always buy more than we could hold. So, you know, we would buy it and then worry about where we were going to put it as it started arriving. So if that meant it stayed in the trucks or if it went to my house or if they were in the showroom <laughs> or if they were in the stairwell or, you know, we, we now have, we have two, we have two warehouses um, plus the retail store that we can hold stock in. You just get more disciplined with you, with you buying it. And so you get to know really the, the balance that you, you're not going to overstock so much that you're wasting. A proper business person will tell you you need to turn your stock over in a six week period. Mm. That line can't be in stock more than six weeks, otherwise you've effectively lost money on it. Mm. Or it's, it's sat there too long. We try to predict what, what we're going to sell, but then we also take advantage of, of specials or if the, right. there's stock available, there's excess mm -hmm. stock available in the market, and we'll hold it. You know, mm -hmm. If it means we've got to hold it for six months, it will sell. And that's the only way that we can that we as an independent dealer can be competitive against the, you yes. know, the, against the big chain stores that have got you know national reach so they can buy on a national level um, mm -hmm. and they can approach manufacturers as a national retailer mm -hmm. you know we're one store so you know the only way that that someone like me can compete against them is I'll have it here so yes. you know, if that car rolls through Hornsby and they might visit five shops I'll have the stock yes. the other four won't and that explains why you get so busy because <laughs> clients get to know that I'll well, get the service. Not only that, that, what we found out is, is the other stores have learned to, have learned that well, and especially all the little okay. stores. So rather than letting that car leave their premises, yes. they'll hold it there and call us right. or call someone who does yes. a similar a similar business model to ours, mm -hmm. and we'll try and get something there on the spot. Right. You know, and we offer that service. So mm -hmm. you know, we we deliver tires like people deliver pizzas, you know, so you're, you know, you're, we're having just youths rolling through all day, you know, we're just taking orders all day and, and we just get them out there as quick as we can to all the other 
all the other shops. So, you know, whether that be the little petrol station where you've, they've turned up and they just want something on the spot or if it's a massive car dealer, you know. But again, it comes back to the logistics of running this business across so many areas of responsibility and people and managing the people and getting them in and out and added to that is the Sydney traffic. To give you an example, I, feel, I suppose it doesn't work on, on, your, on your recording here, but if you look outside, there's a, a truck loaded there now, so when we mm -hmm. finish up here, right. you know, we'll wait another hour and then go and do that run into the city because if I send someone now, if I send someone at, at midday, they'd be yes. gone five and a half, six hours. Right. We, can go, we can be there and back in an hour and a half. You know, moving forward, any city-based business is going to yes. have to, and they already are, we're all working out of hours, yeah. because you have to. Yeah. Yes. You cannot, we cannot send a, a truck into the city and have it come back in, in six hours, which should take an hour and a half. No. I mean, it's just, it's unaffordable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well that's a good example of what you said earlier, your end of day, when we talked about that, there is no end of day. No, no, so you know, yeah, like if we were quiet um, and we had someone we could spare for the day, we could send that run in and, yeah. and, and take that loss during the day and, and hope we didn't need that person. But you know, as it turned out today, we're busy all day and we have arrangements with our customers and they, you know, we've got, we've set up all sorts of things where we have, have drop-off points and stuff so we can, you know, they'll have a locked room that we have a key to. Yeah. All these yeah. other businesses yes. where we can go and deliver there out of hours for them. Yeah. A lot of places, it suits them. We have a lot of trucking companies that we that we sell to who work at night. So, yes. you know, they've done, they're doing the same thing. You know, they've got, they've got their trucks running all day. Mm -hmm. And then they have a workshop open all night. Mm -hmm. So they work on their own trucks, we'll mm -hmm. deliver the tyres at night. That's yes. when they want us there. They don't want us there during the yes. day, there's no one to take the delivery. You know, and so we're finding ourselves working almost on a 24 hour basis, uh, the same as, as what they, because that's what the customer wants. So, yes. You know. So just take a little different tack and look at the promotion of the business and a little bit about online stuff as well. So, first of all, we might do the online stuff first of all. So. Do you have an online presence? So we basically don't have any at all. I mean, we have a, a very small website, which mm. I think with a, someone twisted my arm and I've got like an $800 <laughs> cheapy, you know. <laughs> um, I, I can yeah. vouch for that because I've tried to look it up. You know, all of our business over the years has either been through networking or through word of mouth. Mm. So, you know, we find that when we have done things like Google AdWords and stuff like that, where, you know, we might have had a, a time manufacturer run a special and include us on it, we find it just it just melts the phone. It doesn't necessarily put cars on the driveway. Mm, okay. You know, and the, yep. the referred work is so much better than than the trying to trying to win yep. it over the phone because you're in a price war. To get the person here, you you're basically paying them to come. Mm -hmm. You paid for the ad. You discounted. And the basis of business is yeah. not price; it's a service. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, like you know, we still we still can because of our, our volume that we put through here. We be competitive on price on anything. If you've had to give it away over the phone, that person can just keep ringing all around yes. all day and we'll get it. We'll end up getting yeah. it for nothing if they've mm. got the time to put into that, you know. Yeah. And depending on what work we have at the time as to whether we we take that. You know, if you've got to pay someone all day to answer those calls, yeah. Yeah. if they're getting half of those that. jobs, yeah. it's it, it becomes unproductive. Yeah. You know? yes. And then you still gotta you still gotta do the actual work. So it's not like you know, you're just handing them over something and off they go. You, there's a lot of labour involved in actually doing that job and that, that cost is high. We're going to take a break now in our discussion with Daniel about how to make your passion into a business. For the moment, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne. We're talking with Daniel Hakim and this is Inside Exec. <laughs> 